everybody. Welcome back to the show. This is Beards, Brews, and Bourbons. I am your host, Greg Scott. And with me, I've got my good friend, Jay Beaverton. And I've got extra special hosts today. I've got two guest hosts. Uh, let's go with, I don't know, who wants to talk first? Okay, I'll go first. Uh, this is Andre5500 again. And nice to meet you all again. Nice to be here again. And hopefully we'll have a good time again. And uh, Tommy G, thanks for having me back on, guys. All right. And if you are a new listener or you are a returning listener, we're just going to tell you what the show is real quick. It is literally what the name of the show is. It's Beards, Brews, and Bourbons. We talk about beard stuff. We talk about beer stuff. And we talk about bourbon stuff. And if you say it to the end, we do the silent B, which all parts of the show that don't quite fit. So let's go ahead and start with the beards portion of the show. So a lot of times in this, we do beard reviews. We talk about products, oil. A lot of times lately, we've been doing reviews of reviews, like a meta review almost, where we are look, looking at like weird kind of- styles. I know we've, we had the weird styles because we had the the monkey tail and then the and then the, the double mustache. Yeah, uh, the double mustache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weird, weird stuff. Hot trends in twenty and twenty one. Yeah. So for this week, we are doing something that Greg likes, uh, science. So this is an article off of Fatherly, which I've actually never heard of, but I was looking for science and beards. And so I found five scientific things that would happen to men when they grow their beards. Uh, And so the only plug I'll put on here is that they actually link out to the the papers, the actual journal journal articles when they do these, uh, which is kind of awesome. Because a lot of beard articles don't, they just like science says, and then they don't actually link to anything important. So that's my plug for science today. And it's always hard. good to have good references to the stuff. Usually it's just yeah. a yeah. bunch of garbage. <laughs> yeah, it is usually a bunch of garbage. Uh, all right, so we'll just go down these real fast down the line. So the first one, the five things, right? So beards probably don't have poop in them because... Basically, there's some stuff, uh, some Australian news article that came out a while ago. It was like, oh, men don't know how to wash their face and they get fecal matter in there, uh, which fair enough. If you don't wash your hands after using the bathroom, you're probably going to get some fecal matter in your beard. Oh, yeah, for sure. Definitely. I mean, if you don't have good hygiene, you're going to have that, that in there because it's hard to because they, they remember them. I forget where I read this. It was like it was called the toilet plume. <laughs> when you flush the toilet that the plume, if you don't cover, if you don't cover the toilet, it like plumes up into the air it gets everywhere into the into the bathroom so yeah just my be mindful wife, of your surroundings and use good hygiene my wife calls it the mist you know mist. the yeah the, the, the little mist one stephen king novel stephen king yeah, yeah that's what i was going to yeah <laughs> well i mean you're gonna get that shit in your beard uh not your just your beard you're gonna get your toothbrush as well i mean you gotta you gotta keep clips and hygiene there man yeah i, I look at it as a kind of a, a form of a natural selection you know <laughs> if you can survive that, you know, your immune system will thank you later on. Andre Das has dysentery. Next up. <laughs> <laughs> Andre uh, Andre 55K has dysentery. I mean, that's the name of the show, Andre 5 Andre 5K has dysentery. <laughs> yeah. So the uh the second part of the article that uh I found interesting was uh beard may protect from skin cancer. Uh certain type of skin cancer just because it helps reflect uh UV you your race mm-hmm. and i found that really interesting because of my job i'm driving i'm out in the sun all all time of day you know and i was like wow okay so this is a good reason to grow a beard yeah it's all but also like uh 
like, cause I mean, I'm not, cause like a lot of, uh, gentlemen that have, uh, uh, fewer hairs upstairs have to put on like sunscreen. Uh, I'm leaving it open for somebody that maybe that wants to speak about yeah. that. <laughs> so uh, as a, as a bald, uh, human, I, uh, I do uh, notice it when I'm growing my beard, I don't have to, uh, put as much sunscreen on and I don't really have to worry about my face too much. And I always have to put stuff on my head. So, uh, this is, uh, makes a lot of sense to me. No, yeah. no, Dre, go ahead. Well, I, I was going to say the, uh, the next one on the list was, uh, Pretty, that's pretty. The first one, yeah, it was, it was pretty cut and dry. Is if your hair will stop. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and it, it does make sense, you know, because like it reflects and it absorbs the UV rays. So, I mean, it's not really much other than that. Mm. The other one, I think we touched on this last time, was uh, uh, men with beards are more attractive. Mm. It, it generally to uh for a lot of women. You know, especially you see those videos that float around nowadays where uh, on social media where a husband will walk in with his face fully shaved and his wife just has a panic attack or a heart attack or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. Like, oh, my God, what did you do? And so, yeah, typically I, I, I would agree with that part of the article that. My favorite uh, part about that was that uh, it depended if women found you more attractive if their father had a beard or some kind of facial hair so like they're they're getting some imprinting some childhood imprinting there interesting yeah because um i mean you appear more manly and masculine so like actually that that's the segue into the next part of the article as well like women actually can we before we go move out just want to say something real quick yeah yeah, yeah it's like because if you i know we've talked about it before but there's other like podcasts and like stuff that have talked about like kind of like like going back to like the abraham lincoln and in like just the old school because you had less you had less uh, access to shaving utensils back in the day, so it's kind of like a tradition. Uh, I will say that I am seeing more stubble now. Like short beards and stubble seems to be the the style I'm seeing. Like on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, I'm seeing a lot more of that prevalent than the long. And the long. I mean, I do still see the long, the long hipster beard still for sure. Uh, but I'm just seeing a lot more stubble being like touted more often now yeah things kind of uh kind of cycle around right so yeah beers were big and now uh something new has to come around so keeping it nice and tight we're not all having to wear masks anymore every which way so yeah. oh this is my clean face now yeah. and, and now uh, when you look at people you're like you can actually tell if they're smiling or if they're angry at you now you know that's true <laughs> All right, let's see what was next. Oh, the m- more manly, which again, I guess, can be tied into the attractiveness, uh, like rugged, right. you know, like the lumberjack type of deal. Like, oh, they're outdoorsmen because they have a beard, or they know how to swing an axe because they have a beard. Or... Well, it also does it, you know, if you don't have the, the squarest, you know, Bruce Campbell jaw ever, a beard will give you the illusion of having a nice square jaw. So you get that there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I do see some. Like one study, they do again. They one study found this, and then there's evidence. So they do. There are links to it in the article that I'm seeing. Pretty cut and dry, or not? Well, other than the, the study saying that you know some men, uh, was it? One study says that they exhibit more dominance and possibly uh, maybe more prone to sexist behavior, which sounds like trash to me. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, th- I, th- I saw that too, and I wasn't too keen on that because hmm. I think about like what that. goes on in offices. You know, the amount of. Uh, we won't get into too much into the detail, but I, I feel like that that might have been 
a little biased or a little bit like just not accurate. <laughs> Plus, like some some beard styles are are associated with the bro movement, which I know bros are not universally. I don't mean I don't like them either because like, I think it, it, to me it's bro is just a stupid term. But like there's like bro culture apparently, and sometimes bro culture is seen as kind of toxic masculinity, which is also kind of attached to beards sometimes. So I can kind of see that lo- it's a loose connection, but I, again, I don't really believe in it. Yeah, it seems like the, these next few uh, articles are a little more, uh, I forgot the word I was thinking of. More subjective? Yeah, yeah, subjective or uh, um, stereotyping. Like, seems like a lot of old back in the day kind of uh, stereotypes. So Yeah, I can see that for sure. Like, listen, the last one that I'm seeing is where I have, like, the <laughs> there's one particular line in there. I don't, I'm sure Greg probably picked it up. But, like, the whole with the guys with beards die young, which sounds like a play on the Billy Joel song, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that, too, and I was kind of one concerned. I was like, yeah, I was like, do I shave it or do I keep it now, you know? Do I protect myself from skin cancer or do I die young, you know? That, that mm-hmm. was, like, the dilemma I had when I read that. I was like. yeah. Just the whole uh, bearded men were more likely to be shorter, less likely to be married, and had fewer orgasms. I'm like, how do you measure that? Yeah. Who I don't know how you would measure those things. Uh, I mean, did you just look at somebody and you suspect that they're that way? That's all survey and self-report. So you sit uh, on this uh, giant survey. Yeah, I was going to say, like, who do they go around asking that information? And then how accurate is that information? And then how reliable? Are the sources also, you know? Uh, so I just want to do a throwback to like some of our early episodes. I was trying really hard for a long time to bring back uh, and take a positive spin on uh, on neckbeards. I was really like neckbeards. I'm taking it back. But I'm reading this article. I remember. No, I remember you young. mentioning it. Yeah, I was like neckbeard should be like anything. Like you like games. You have a beard. Neckbeard. Fuck it. Um, no, I'm reading this article. It's like you know they're overweight. They're short. They don't have good grooming habits. I'm like, okay, these are neckbeards. So I think I've lost that, that good fight there. Um, so yeah, I think the incels have taken over that, unfortunately. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for our beards portion, five beard sciencey things. If, well, I'll put the link up on the Facebook, uh, again, some fatherly.com and you can find some more science if you're really kind of curious about it. All right. That's going to do it for the beards portion. Now we're going to move on to the brews. We are in the middle of summer, or I guess it's really just the beginning couple weeks, but if you live in uh, the south or the northwest apparently now, you are in some nasty heat. So I thought it might be interesting to uh, to talk about our summer beers, or maybe just like ask the guys to kind of mention what their favorite summer beer is, or one they really enjoy. Also, there's a hurricane going around Florida right now, so the selection and variety of beers is a bit limited this week. This was a little bit different. This week, because again, we're all kind of recording. I mean, the three of us are in Florida, and of course, Greg Scott's in Virginia. It's a little bit harder to get certain beers. We tried to go with the Mission Pale Ale, uh, which I have had before. It's decent. Uh, it's a lighter beer, but we decided since we couldn't get all the same one, let's just go with light kind of beer styles for summertime. And they don't even have to be summer beers necessarily. They can be like a pale ale, or they can be a sour ale if you like sour ales, or uh, a lager or a uh, Kolsch. Kolsch's are nice. Or, or, or if you're Jim, you'll get your 90 minute IPA and sit on the beach with that bad boy. Now I, yeah, I have been known to do that. 
Uh, I don't try not to do that anymore because it has ended up uh, not well for me during the evening hours, if I remember them at all. So uh, I've definitely tried to do like move to cans and like lighter ales because uh, I went to a, a, actually a pool party last week for vacation and I bought like an 18 pack of uh, Miller High Life. Shout out to Miller High Life, who we follow on Twitter. And but uh, I mean, it's just old school, just like beer. Yeah, exactly. I drank a couple of those and then I think I ended up drinking some other guys yingling the rest of the night, which was which is fine. But uh, uh, besides Tommy, I know you picked up the the omission. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, I found it at Publix, uh, so I got the Mission Pale Ale. Yeah, so this is the Mission Pale Ale, uh, Mission Brewing Company Pale Ale. It's it's interesting. They do uh, they say that it's crafted to remove the gluten from the beer. So I didn't really read up on how they do that, but it says it can't be. It can't be verified that it doesn't have gluten, but they try to uh, remove the gluten from it. It's a 5.8, which isn't wasn't too bad for a summer beer. Yeah, I I so my wife is a glutard, which she means she can't have gluten, and uh, that's one of the beers we've been buying in the past um, for making like chili and, and any kind of like beer that you need to cook with. I read this. I was looking at this beer earlier today. I was like, what the. You seriously, you can't prove it's not gluten free. You've removed it. And so, like, now I'm kind of rage quitting on the, uh, the omission there because, you know, for someone with an allergy, it's kind of a pain in the ass to be like, oh, it's yeah. gluten free, but we can't promise it is. Like, well, screw you guys. But I know if it's, it's already gluten removed, but I know if you do boil it or cook it, it does remove a lot. Oh, it <laughs> no, it's it a doesn't. protein, man. It does not do nothing like that. It, I thought it did. No. I mean, it might, it maybe reduces it some, but I mean, you bake bread at yeah. 400 degrees Fahrenheit, right? I mean, it's, you're just changing the, the protein. Oh, there's on. no gluten in bread, right? No, no gluten in bread. <laughs> yeah. Well, bread, bread's just bread. Yeah. One well, of the four food groups. It, it just makes you fat. How dare you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, yeah, it's, it's the, way the whole, I remember working in the retail beer industry during this. And then like the, the fight was, we can, we're going to call it gluten-free. You can't call it gluten-free. It's gluten removed. Because there are people that have the, the celiac uh, condition that if they do drink it, it will make them horribly sick. So they had to put gluten removed. But I know they brew it, and then there's some process. With, I don't know the exact process, again, because I, I just didn't do that much research. In it, but they do a process after it's been brewed to remove most of the gluten. Like I think like 97% of it, but there's still like maybe 2 or 3% of gluten still in there. Because, again, it still is beer. Technically, so it's to be to be a truly gluten free, you have to make it from sor sorghum, I believe. Is yeah, sorghum. Is like New is... Planet, New Planet does that, and uh, Red Bridge does Red that. Bridge, yeah, there are other beers that do that, but yeah, that's basically what you have to do to be truly gluten free. Well, is it a gluten technically an intolerance uh, allergy? It only isn't like a small percent of people that actually are allergic allergic to gluten and the rest of them just have an intolerance maybe but i think i'm, I'm sure there are varying degrees to it because i think very few people are in fact been diagnosed with celiac i'm sure the allergy still is maybe a separate thing but still will make the person again still like you'll be sick the next day and not just from the alcohol <laughs> oh yeah at the beginning of the year we decided to uh go vegan and gluten-free for a little bit and we could definitely tell the difference when we uh eat gluten and not eat gluten so there's definitely a, uh, the allergy is probably uh, more prevalent than people realize, but yeah, it, that's my understanding as well. I mean, there's, there's a whole range of it. You could be a little bit intolerant. You can be a lot intolerant. You can be like 
oh my God, I'm my stomach's exploding and I'm having brain fog and I can't fucking think and I'm just miserable. Um, or social gastrointestinal issues. So it's a it's a big fuck range. Mm-hmm. So that and all the chemicals, not not to be like, oh the chemicals, but you know, they put a lot of uh, insecticides and pesticides on like the wheats and the corns and everything. And it's you know, can't be super awesome for you. But uh, other otherwise, uh, it's it's a pale ale and it's uh, it's pretty good. It's nice light. It's light. It's uh, not overly hoppy, so it's uh, easy to drink. So this is something I usually I I tend to go towards the pale ale. So this is a good drinker. Nice. I like pale ales. And I'll mention they have a, they also have a lager too. I I don't think I've tried that one. Oh, no, I did. I did it at a beer fest. I'm sure I did somewhere in Tampa, somewhere else. But uh, again, it, these beers taste like. If you do, if you don't have a celiac condition, but you do, are looking to kind of reduce your gluten intake, these are good beers to drink because they still taste like beer, uh, and they—I assume they're a little bit, at least a little bit healthier for you for as, as far as gluten goes. But yeah, I, uh, as for me, as for me, I picked I had pale ale on the brain, but I saw a beer that I haven't had in a while. I got uh, Dale's Pale Ale from Oscar Blues, uh, and I. I just drink there pretty heavily, and then I, I think I moved on to like other Florida breweries. It's a typical pale ale, American pale ale, uh, 6.5% uh, by Oscar Blues uh, out of Longmont, Colorado. But since, again, they've expanded to Brevard, North Carolina, Austin, Texas, and there's a big connection here with Cigar City beer because they own them. They bought them a few years back when Cigar City was shopping around. So they took them and then they, they also brew them where they're brewed and then they pretty much spread them around the US, continental United States. So you can get highlight pretty much anywhere. And I have seen a thing where they're doing it, this weird promotion where it's a, I think Cigar City has like a, a lighter high version of highlight and it had like a, or like low lie. Or I low low lie. Yeah, I saw that earlier today. Yeah. yeah. And, but if you rip the peel off, it was just a Dale's Pale Ale. Uh, <laughs> apparently it was the same thing so i thought that was that was kind of deceptive but I was, okay i get it it's, i mean it's good it's a let so it's basically the daily and i can see it when i taste it it's just like a less hoppy highlight it's basically what i'm getting from it yeah it's good got a good nose it's still light enough that if you don't want an ipa if you're out on the boat or you're out on the, on the beach it's, it's a nice little alternative to that so it's a little, little lower than alcohol volume but still not not too much lower because the 6.5 is still kind of on the high end for a pale ale for some, but uh, it's definitely a little bit lighter, a little bit easier to drink if you're looking for something that's, you don't, you just don't want to drink a high line in, in the hot sun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not going to be a session beer. I mean, that's 6.5. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll get you over your limit pretty quick. Yeah. yeah. I've been trying to go a little lower on my session, like daily drinkers or, uh, you know, sun beers. Why is there not a beer yeah. called sun beer? Like, I mean, I know it's like there's so <laughs> probably is. Yeah. Just like a style of beer. I mean, I know session that's kind of implied, but you know. Anyway, moving on. Andre, what did you pick? Okay, so the one that uh, because I'm not a heavy beer drinker, and the one that I went with is uh, by uh, from the Orange Blossom uh, Brewing Company, and it is, they uh, it's a company based out of Orlando, but they brew the beer in Lakeland, and this one that I got is uh, the Honey Pilsner, and it's. 5.5% alcohol by volume and I've had this beer before and it's seasonal every summer they kind of bring it out 
And it is just a delicious tasting beer that I can just sit there, watch a game, and just suck back and not have a care in the world. It's a classic. I love that one. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, oh, yeah, OBP. OBP has been around forever. Uh, they used to actually have to brew, even though the owner, Tom, lives here in Orlando, Florida. Uh, he had to brew it out of state, and then he brought it to Lakeland to Brew Hub. So luckily, he's been brewing it out of there for a minute. And... Uh, Interesting fun fact, I actually had the OBP uh, truck at my uh, wedding reception because nice. <laughs> I knew him and then he and then uh, my wife also knew uh, one of the people that worked, former nurse that worked for him. So we managed to get a keg of OBP. I've had that truck uh, at a couple of beer fests uh, around here. Um, I think the first one was at the Tom and Dan beer fest, but uh, yeah. Yeah, it's always good stuff. It's like a light. It's uh, and it's not for it's not like a. It's not like a tangerine-ish beer. I mean, you can definitely get the. It's like more the orange blossom honey smell you get uh, on the nose of that one, but you still get it. Still, it still tastes like beer. It's not like a an orange. Yeah, orange lager. it definitely definitely tastes like beer. And the only real taste that you get of that orange blossom is the aftertaste. You know, that's when um all everything is gone through the pile and everything like that, and just what's left is just the orange blossom. You can tell it's an orange blossom beer, but it's not a fruity right. beer. You know, it's a gen- it's kind of like um, getting a beer and just dropping a slice of orange inside. And then, you know, you have that hint of orange, but it doesn't take mm-hmm. away from the beer. All right. So for my beer, for my beer, I live up in Virginia. Uh, we're up here in the Blue Ridge. So I like to represent them as much as possible. So I chose Devil's Backbone. This is this particular. That's the, the brewery. And this is Vienna Lager. And uh, it's kind of fun because Devil's Backbone every summer does something so they're owned by uh, MBEV, right? So we just got to put that out there. But I have not tasted any kind of like degradation and anything worse than their beers. They're, they still have a lot of control, at least as far as I can tell on my end, right? So anyway, every year they do something stupid and fun. So like uh, this year, they're giving away a, like a several months trip to like stay at their base camp, which is like one of the big brewery stations there. Uh, they're in Staunton, Virginia. And basically, you get to stay in the airstream for a month for free and drink beer and post an IG and really? stuff. Yeah. And then so last year, they did a uh, hike the Appalachia or the Appalachian Trail, right? And so, you know, they would have different stations and you'd go and hike and then sit there and drink your beer and, you know, post on things. So they're kind of fun. So this is their, you can get it any time of the year. The Servina Lager. It's just like this really nice golden color, fairly low ABV. It's 5.2. I don't even, it's just, it's a really nice lager. It's not, it's not Bud, right? Because Bud has no taste. Right. Uh, this has a lot of taste, like toasted malts, um, not overpowering, just a really nice, easy drinking beer. That's not Bud Light. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. I, yeah. If you guys well, are, I assume in, it's like, is it, is Vienna style? Yeah. It's a Vienna style. Yeah. Yeah. Which would be what, Jim? Put you on the spot. Germany. 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 Yeah. Yeah, because uh, Vienna, because again, it's like uh, it's more like a spring ale uh, that they harvest, and then they, but of course, it's Vienna because it originates from Vienna, Vienna, Germany. Even though it does look a little darker, it's got some. It's really amber. I mean, really, it's just like uh, yeah, it really no, is. That, no, I, but I guess I guess it makes. I think no, I, I guess that I think that's the, the wheat from Germany that 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 gives it that color. But it's still like very light tasting. It's not like a heavy. So yeah. Uh, that's, that's the summer beer session, summer beers, sun beers. We're, I don't know, we'll figure their name out there eventually. Uh, but yeah, drink low, low, low alcohol by volume. If you want to be in the sun for a length of time, 
uh, don't kill your palate with your your ninety <laughs> your ninety minute dog head fish. Yeah, I was, I was just saying, you. IPA is not I'll not the you. not the direction to go if you're going to okay. be sitting down the sun, the sun drinking a beer. If you are, yeah. you know, you're going to be drinking like two and then. Uh, you know, you don't talk or... to me. You you don't talk to me that way. How dare you talk to me? I'm fine. I'm fine. How dare you? Is that you, resem- <laughs> you resemble that remark? Yeah, I resemble that remark out there. Your face you can't. De- you can't just decide that I'm drunk. You can't just decide. <laughs> uh, and the accuracy oh, yeah. of Jim here is just spot on. It's so uh, for drunk Jim. <laughs> Bravo! That's my my small clap for you. Good acting. Pretty close. We've never seen Jim drunk Thank ever. You. Promise. <laughs> really, there are pictures that are that <laughs> to the contrary. Uh, <laughs> are, are, are we going to do a throwback? Is is that what it is? <laughs> if we do, we have a. Uh, everybody has stories. Yeah, there. I'm sure we do. I think I've seen Jim on a uh, or Jay on a, um, a cruise drunk once or twice. All right, so that's beers. Or are there brews? So let's uh, move on to the bourbons. There is a lot of bourbon out there. There's a lot of rebranded bourbon out there. There's a lot of change things around. So this is one of those old new school, old new school. Yeah, it's a throwback to the original style of the original bourbon. New old school. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I would say. Sounds good. I like it. So this is Old Tub. Uh, This is from Jim Beam or, you know, Beam Satori, if you prefer that. So basically, it is a unfiltered or uncharcoal filtered. Uh, it's a hundred proof. It's bottled and bond. They've got a whole, you know, nice backstory if you want to know about it. Where Jim Bean, this is the the idea of what they thought it would be when they made the original bourbon and blah blah blah. It's on the internet if you really want to listen to it. But the idea is like this is like the original Jim Bean, and that's what they're trying to make out of it. This just came on the market in 2020, so it's it's wide market. You can find it pretty much anywhere. And I think we'll just dive down into it. Like I said, bottle and bond, hundred proof, and yeah. This is this is one I've been wanting to try. I've never heard of it until, until Greg, because I mean, it, it the name conjures up pictures of uh, of bathtubs <laughs> with, with, with like just some nasty nasty stuff in there. But but okay, I'm willing to try it. Yeah. You know, uh, you, you say nasty, I say character. You know? I mean, <laughs> a lot of times, uh, yeah, sure. The, yeah. These old, uh, these, these name like old tub or a beer like Fat Tire or something like that. It just gives character to the drink. You know, it's one of those like it makes you think like, you know, that sounds interesting. I think I want to try that. You know, that, that's the vibe I get mm-hmm. from. It. It's pretty light. What color it seems? Yeah, yeah, nice and light, but it's not. It's not like you know, whiskey. It's not like straw. It's got some nice, nice color right. there. It's so I would say it's a it's an NAS. It's a non age specific. So at least four years old. Probably going to be right at that four year limit. Mm. Good legs. Good legging around the, the glass. You get a lot of like get like corn. Corn. Yeah. Maybe some hay, oat, maybe or wood. It's kind of like not real strong. Yeah, definitely some wood. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's 100 proof yeah, so it's, it's a little uh, alcohol there. yeah almost like a chalky yeah i can see that little little, little blackboard and, and chalk on there maybe you know me like, i always try these different ways and I, I tried it warm first and then i tried it cold and i will say i prefer it warm mm. you know not, no ice or anything like that it just has more aromatics right. more flavor and with well, tastes uh, l- less 
less of the kind of alcohol taste, if that makes sense, when it's warm. Uh, it's more of a, you know, good, strong, through a thorough burn, as opposed to when it's cold, you're just tasting the alcohol, you're not getting any of the natural flavors of it. Yeah, pro tip, sticking your nose into the cup and inhaling all the alcohol vapors is not good for the schnoz. So. <laughs> burn the hairs off the inside of your nose with that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't trim my nose hairs. <laughs> Keep a good barrier. Right. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you smell it for a while then if you dip it all the way in. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's why they call it well, the flavor saver, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's the mustache. I try not to get my mustache to get that long. <laughs> well, if you do it with a nose here, mm-hmm. you know, it'll save the scent as well. I get like, I know I save sugar a lot, but like, it's just like really like granular sugar. Almost. Wow. That's a, that burn. Yeah, I get the sugar first on the tongue. But then that burn hits on the sides, and it's—I mean, it's not—it's uh, not unpleasant. It's just very, yeah. like, a lot of it's up front. Yeah, you feel—you definitely feel the burn. Like I said, when I tried it warm, it was constant and thorough burn. And then when I tried it cold, it, the burn was gone. But it just didn't. It's one of those things that I—I I would prefer warm. So did you put? Did you mm-hmm. put ice in it, Andre? Or okay, so yeah, yeah, I, I dropped a nice did, big old ice cube in there. Yeah. Yeah. So the water will usually take out that that burn and kind of mellow out the flavors and stuff yeah normally it does dilute the flavors but uh to me it just took away too much of the flavor yeah. and it was just like okay yeah i kind of regret afterwards you know do you remember what flavor you got when it was warm i'm getting some like brown sugar a little bit toasted oak toasted oak yeah. i'm not getting still getting a little chalky a little chalk yeah there's a little bit on the back end that i'm getting on the back of my tongue no no like grass dip- or anything like that sorry i'm gonna cut you off there bubba it's like maybe i put chalk in the glass <laughs> uh, <laughs> not. Uh, what's your favorite bourbon i like to drink chalk first and then my bourbons <laughs> you know it helps the pre-filter yeah <laughs> they didn't use the charcoal filter i like to drink this bourbon i like to drink this bourbon called old chalkboard it's great <laughs> it goes with the uh, old tub <laughs> It was made by an old Tom. Old school teachers used to write on it in class. That's right. Our, our <laughs> listeners who are like 21 are like, what are blackboards? Like, uh, we're blackboards. Yeah. yeah. I'm definitely getting the, uh, from what I'm reading on distiller, char smoke and oak. I'm getting that. I don't get any vanilla no. or caramel. Brown sugar, much. like sugar, but not like, not the caramel I'd expect, you know, in a, in a bourbon. Yeah. Like from the initial burn, I would say, I, would, I get the oak barrel. That, that, that's what I get. And I can definitely tell that's prominent. Other than that, though, I, it's too much to... Uh, it, it, would, it would be one of those things I have to like <clears> taste <throat> it for a while to kind of figure out what other flavors I'm getting from it. Which, uh, which, which is not a bad thing. Which is not a yeah. bad thing, but that's what I'm you know, getting that's dominant. Mm. I don't know. I like the flavor. It's not... Well, I like it. It's It's... Yeah, it's not my favorite. It's not a repungent in any kind of way. I can't say like this is bad, you know. No, 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 no. Yeah, there's a little bit of sweetness I'm getting after like the initial burn, but I'm not. I can't like point it out. I can't figure out what it is. That's not bad. Yeah, I'm not gonna. It's can we can we use the word complex or the lack thereof? It doesn't have a lot of complexity to yeah. it. There's been pr- plenty of other uh, bourbons that I've tried that you know you, uh, in, right away you can tell. Okay. It has this this and this flavor profile, whereas this one is just straight burn and oak. That, that's all I get. 
I do have a little bit of a hot take. I will say that I would prefer to drink this over the 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 post prohibition <laughs> June bean straight. If I can make that yeah. uh comment. No, yeah. God, I have had Jim Bean. Oh, that's a name I haven't heard in quite some time. <laughs> quite some time. Yeah. Well, I haven't drank it straight. I know I've drank drank it in like like not like in the past couple of years, but I haven't drank it straight. I'll say no, I, I would hands down drink this over Jim Bean any day if that were my if those were my two choices in life, you know. Um, right. Not the same thing about about Jim Bean. That's mm. I mean that that was a great starter, uh Alcohol from yeah, back that's in that's how I learned to drink bourbon. Now, yeah, I mean that's not maybe the greatest story in the world, but you got to start somewhere. Yeah, it, it goes back to like you know the Mad Dog twenty twenties <laughs> and the you know the classic bottle. Yeah, yeah, the the bottom shelf, the, the, the starter that everybody gets just because they think it's cool, and then you realize later on in life that what was I thinking? The, the local liquor brand uh, whiskey that <laughs> comes in the plastic jug. Hey, you know, just because it comes in plastic does not mean it's bad. It just means it's got a very short shelf life. Is that the same thing they say about box wines? You know, box wines are like a whole thing now too, man. Yes. So let's let's hate. not hate too hard. That's not oh, the no, first. No, no, I'm not um, hating. I'm just, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm just making a point. You know, like uh, back in the day, you know, people looked down on it, and now it's a uh, it's in. Yeah, barely in, in, but it's in. in. All right, Tommy G, you're being awfully quiet over there. What's what's your hot take? Uh, <clears throat> he, he's enjoying his. Uh, just, yeah, enjoying <laughs> it, trying to figure it out. Um. Yeah, it's not it's not bad. It's a uh, hundred proof, so it's a little a little stronger. Um, I think it'll hold up a little bit. Like the, there's not like a huge complex flavor, but at least it uh does hold up. It has a little bit of a longer after or, uh, mouth feel and aftertaste. It's I don't know. It's okay. I probably wouldn't buy it again, but uh, definitely would drink it. Yeah, that's fair. I, you know, you, you say mouth feel. It's it's thin. Like it's kind of a thin mouthfeel, right? Yeah. Yeah, the taste does come and go pretty quickly. The burn sticks around for a little bit, but yeah, the taste does 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 quickly hit the palate and then go. Yeah, I'll agree with that as well. Like the burn lasts longer than the flavor. It's one of those, it reminds me of like the uh, fruit stripe gum, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, the, the, the flavor just comes and goes, but like the, you're still chewing, you know? That's a great analogy. Thank you, Andre. So I know everyone's super excited, like, well, how much was the price point in this bad boy? This clock's in for $23. I already know what it is. You know, depending on state and all that good rot, uh, for $750. You kind of figure you kind of figure it would be right around there yeah. anyways. Just because I, I was thinking more like 1920. Yeah, it, yeah. it varies. You know, or not, but 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 it has like the Jim Beam logo over the top of the label, doesn't no, does no it? Jim Beam does logo it? On that. Because I know that Jim Beam has been coming out with, okay, never mind. Because like there's like the I know I've seen like the bottled and bond Jim yeah, Beam and blah, like blah, the, yeah. the yeah. other stuff. So so I'm assuming they don't necessarily want to associate. No, I mean not that they wouldn't want to, but they want to like, hey, we'll just release this as the kind of you know we this was ours, but we put it out as like it should be, but we don't want to. I don't know. It's kind of like kind of like a, they're, 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 they're trying to make it like an independent, but not you know. It's under the under the Jim yeah. Beam's name, but it stands on its own. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. That's what I was basically saying. Thank you for summing that for me. I do what so, you mean. Okay. I, you Thank know, you. let's put our let's put our, our wallets on in one hand and our thinking cap in on the other. Like compared to another fairly easily accessible sub twenty or let's even do sub thirty because you know 
Buffalo Trace is sub 30, but it's not easily accessible. What would be, you know, something you would drink instead in that, that price point, you know? And I don't know, that's an open question. We don't have to answer it tonight. The audience can send us their submissions and be like, this is my favorite and you're stupid and that, that's fine. Um, but, I, you know, it's, <laughs> it's nice for 20, you know, 20, 25 bucks. Uh, I think it has a good price point. Yeah. The flavor's nice enough. Like, okay, we're, it's summertime. I'm going to make, you know, some uh, bourbon cocktails that are going to be for a group, you know, group event. Am I going to go get my, you know, my whistle pig 12 and make, you know, make it all these great old fashions? No, no, no. Am I going to no. get something like this? Definitely not. You're going to want to go with the, the cheapest stuff that'll get them drunk the fastest. So, yeah, this I is definitely the cheapest, route to go. you know. Okay. Well, well, what I mean is, you know, with compared to what you're proposing, yeah. you know, this is definitely a lot cheaper. So for, for me at this price point, I always go back to uh, Wild Turkey 101. That's my like go-to daily drinker baseline for a cheap, like really good, good uh, whiskey. So that would always, that's what I always compare these like lower, lower bottles okay. to. And uh, yeah. So would you say it, how many degrees of separation is it for you to your, to your 101, your Wild Turkey 101 to the old tub 100? You know, uh, maybe uh, degrees, yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe four. Oh, that like I probably would. Uh, it's pretty, pretty far. far. Okay, so not not a flavor yeah. profile you're, you're enjoying. If I'm hearing, no, nah. not compared to like if I'm looking at that price point. But even Wild Turkey 101, I would pick over many higher price bourbons. So I'll just agree, but that's okay. Yeah, it's uh maybe it's the sugar didn't the brown sugar didn't do enough for me on this. I mean, again, it's not it's it's it's. It's good for a second. If you think of shelves on a local ABC, like ABC Fine Wine Spirits or local ABC store in Virginia, the shelving kind of gives away what sometimes not necessarily the quality all the time is, but like what I want to spend versus the quality I'm getting. I would usually spend it on maybe like a rye, a lesser known rye, like a redemption rye, or because I just because I love rye. So I would probably pick one of those over this one. But, I, but I've had Jim Beam rye, which I would say, I'm going to be honest, I like it better than this. Just because I, I prefer the tang and the brown sugar on this, on this old tub doesn't quite push it over the edge for flavor, flavor profile for me compared to the burn, if you see what I'm saying. Yeah. So I'd probably just go with a rye, a rye around that, maybe like a $28 rye as compared to this. Okay. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, I remember like it's an apples and oranges, but rye, rye and, you know, rye and bourbon are, you know, different. same know coin, they are. They different, are different side. They're just a little bit different beasts, you know, but it, I get you. I get you. You'd spend a little more. But you're talking to the guy again who drinks IPAs, like double, triple IPAs. You've IPA, ruined your, so, your tone. That's I, what I, all I hear you say that. Yes, I'm completely, yes, I'm completely yeah. ruined. You're right. <laughs> uh, you. Hot dog down a hallway. <laughs> oh, okay. If you want to put it that way, uh, are you calling me a horse, sir? <laughs> oh, beer whore, yes, I am. Yes, I am. All right, fine. I'll take uh, that. Don't expound on it, please. Andre Pitch 500, I'll give you the last comment. What do you got here, bud? Uh, for me, uh, this is definitely one of those things that reminds me of my childhood, so to speak. And when I say childhood, my uh, younger years. The, the, no, no underage drinking or anything like that. Not 12 year old Andre. I'm talking about just cigar it, and a whiskey. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm thinking like, you know, the 21 year old, like, uh, 
you know, looking for the great fast way to get drunk and then, uh, you know, the cheapest way. I want to say cheapest, but fairly cheap, you know, that you're going to be like, okay, you know, this was worth it, even though it wasn't. Um, so not a 151 and ice. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought we were going to dive into each other's I'm past. Just, hey, you know? know what? You started it. So I just, I'm just I didn't say you drank it. I'm just, I just threw that out there and you just confirmed it. So that's on you. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So no, nothing like that, but uh, it, it's definitely, uh, you know, it, it, an eye opener, so to speak. That, uh, wow, I, I have come a long way. You know, uh, palate's been refined, you know, tastes have been upgraded. And, uh, not saying I wouldn't drink it, but uh, my preference would be elsewhere. I can get behind that, I guess, right? Stiller gave it a decent, like, 3.2 stars out of 5. So I'm just like, okay. Yeah. A little above average. <laughs> I, I I can see that. I, I can go along with for that. For what it is at the price point. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's what got it the above average is the price point. Anything above what it was, it'll definitely drop the uh, rating. Yeah, I, I hate, I really hate that I taste with my wallet. It kind of frustrates me sometimes. It's like this could be awesome or this could be horrible, and then like I see the price point, I'm like, oh, you know, the 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 penny pinching Greg Scott's like, okay, well, this is better or worse based on that. Anyway, that's a deep dive in Greg's psychology. Speaking of deep dives, I think we've dived way down to the shallow end of the pool, and we need to swim on out here. All right, guys, that's gonna do it for the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get there, we should tell you about all the social medias that we are on and the websites and the emails. So for email, we are at hosts at bbbpodcast.net. It's also our website. It's bbbpodcast.net is a work in progress. A year and a half in, still a work in progress, but you know, feel free to look at it. We also have Facebook. It's uh, Beards, Brews, and Bourbons on Facebook. And we do have the bird type object thing. Yes, the bird type object thing, which is called Twitter. We are at Bourbon Beards, all one word, on Twitter. Just look that up and we are there. We love hearing your feedback. Send us the email, send us the tweets, send us a Facebook paste or post, rather. Uh, we do have the Patreon or the Patreon. If you, if you like the show you know, and you get some loose change, toss it our way. We appreciate it. If not, that's cool. We'd like doing the show anyway. Again, we have two guest hosts. I'll let you guys read off first because we're going to mix it up here. All right, uh, this is Andre 5000 again. Uh, glad to be back again. And I uh, had a lot of fun. You know, uh, I enjoy my time here. And But uh, yeah, thanks for having me, guys. And uh, I hope to be back uh, in the near future. Tommy G, thanks for having me on again, guys. It was, it was fun. All right, guys. I am your host, Greg Scott. And I've got my good, good, good buddy, my other co-host. Jay Beaverton, copyright. Yeah, copyright, Jay Beaverton. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's going to do it for the show. Stay to the end of the credits uh, and the credit music, and we have the silent B after that. Thanks for making it through all that music. We are now in the silent B. This is the portion of the show 
that doesn't quite fit with the rest of it. So again, it's beards, brews, and bourbons. That's kind of the theme there. The silent B is usually a random comment that I've heard in the day or something that's been in my crawl thinking about for a week or two, or, you know, something that I've thought about for years and I'm just letting it, you know, bring it to fruition or I pulled up my ass 24 minutes ago. So it's one of those. Today's silent B is what game, and the game here, it could be any kind of game. It could be a board game, role-playing game, card game, uh, sport ball game, video game. Game is just a really big umbrella that we're going with. Uh, we, did, we did talk a little lot last time. It's a huge industry, like $174 billion at least a year. So they make all the monies. So what game needs to be remade, rebooted, or get your hands off it, don't touch it, it's perfect as it is? like Dungeons and Dragons 3.5. So I will, I will open up the floor and gentlemen have that. Oh, you know, and before we actually open the floor, cause Greg's a dum-dum, uh, Jim, please describe the difference between remake and reboot. Copyright dum-dum. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, but like reboot is just where they take the game and they, they basically reimagine it. I can't think of, oh, I'm sure there's one, there's, there's, Hundreds of examples. I just didn't think of one off the top of my head. We'll talk about it in a movie but, context. What would be a reboot versus a remake in a movie? In movie terms, uh, Robocop, where they take the original story and they keep a lot of the same names, but they like change characters around. They change certain story elements around. That's a reboot. And they don't acknowledge the first movie at all. A remake is where it's the original story, but they add, like, they'll, maybe they'll change the language. They upgrade the graphics, uh, maybe throw in some anime cutscenes if it's a game, um, and maybe it's on for different, more wide systems, uh, or it could even be like a port remake where Nintendo has been doing this with old Nintendo games, reporting them to the Switch, like the Game Boy, and just upping the graphics and just doing that kind of thing. That's the, the main difference is what I'm talking about. Okay. So definitely okay with a remake for a video game. When you say remake for film and you're talking, I know you said reboot for Robocop and I'm imagining Star Wars, the special editions, which are like the remakes and like, oh, that hurts. So, yeah, yeah, that counts as a remake, which is not necessarily good either. All right. So the floor is now open. Who wants to jump out there? I have been playing video games my whole life. And I will say uh, my favorite video game of all time that I would love, absolutely love to see a remake of and i've sent many of uh messages to developers is a playstation game called breath of fire 3 um if you've never played it you know and you want a throwback game to play i would recommend that you try it out and see if it, it, it it's one of those like uh final fantasy meets Dragon Age? It's, yeah, yeah. It's definitely like Final Fantasy meets Dragon Age because it does involve dragons. Um, but one and two were okay, but obviously it was for the uh, NES, or uh, sorry, Game Boy system. But it, it, uh, the, the new one was PlayStation, and it was Capcom game. And I spent so many hours after I beat the game, just trying to get like the best equipment, best armor, best weapon in the game that I could 
I would absolutely be on board 100% for a remake or a reboot of this game. So you want, well, you want the remake or the reboot? Because I would say uh, the original game, honestly, the storyline and everything like that, I, I'm fine with. Um, I could use either a remake or a reboot. It, it wouldn't matter to me, honestly, because either way, I would still play it as long as it has the name on it. And, and the thing is, they came out with like Breath of Fire 4 afterwards, but it just wasn't as good. Yeah, that's the problem with sequels and whatnot. They, yeah. They run the gamut from amazing to why did you ever do this? Oh, money. That's why. One of the games that uh, came to mind for me uh, for should and probably shouldn't be remade or rebooted is uh, Chrono Trigger. Oh, perfect. It's kind of one of like, you know, in my heart, I feel like I want them to make it. But then in my mind, I'm like, it just, I don't, I don't know if they could do anything and it would just kill the nostalgia. So. Refresh my memory. Chrono Trigger, I know it's an NES game, or actually it might be Super NES. I think it's Super NES. It's Super JRPG, NES. and it's like, I don't remember. It's, just... it's like time turn-based, but it's uh, kind of like it's kind of like a Final Fantasy, but a little action RPG too. It's uh, I think like some of the modern Zelda's kind of built off of it, and then some of the Final Fantasy stuff built off of it. And just the storyline and like the interaction and like the... Like it, uh, time-based it wasn't just a uh, turn-based so it was kind of like the live action too so yeah, any like uh, old school nes or SNES, you know old school gamer i've ever talked to like that's one of their like top 10 games ever made at least that's that's mm-hmm. what i know of it i've never played it i've yeah. seen it in the cartridge form on a friend's tv and i was like oh that's cool but tommy did you play chrono cross too or did you just play i just played sure yeah i didn't play them, that one I know what people said that it was good, but it wasn't. Of course, it wasn't as good as the as the first one. And I know people are trying to get it. hasn't been ported to the Switch yet, but I there's a people a couple of people I follow on Twitter that are like yelling at Nintendo to bring it to the Switch. Yeah, I thought I saw something. Uh, I think it'd be interesting to see. They they they, they kind of have to keep their hands off of messing with the story at all. I mean, if, yeah, maybe a, a port want- to the Switch. You know, like, that wouldn't be too bad. I don't, it's not. In the um, it's not an emulator for the the Switch, is it for on the Super NES uh, emulator? No, no. They when they port it over, the graphics definitely do change mm-hmm. from what I'm seeing for screenshots uh, on there. Because I mean, it's the only like the big changes they made was like the one with uh, Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening, which was a Game Boy game, and they completely remade the graphics on on that one and and just up the graphics like. Just completely mm-hmm. overhauled it completely. I don't think they do that. They don't do that with the, the stuff they port. They just enhance, like change the sprites around. Although I've seen the sprites look a little bit softer. Uh, with like they try to put more detail in, but like a, make the pixels less or like more detailed, less pixelated. Mm-hmm. So I assume that's a, that's what they would do with Chrono Trigger if they ever did port it. Which I don't imagine why they wouldn't at some point. Yeah. Well, like a lot of these like ports and like remastering like these artists make really good renderings or like they they make these awesome images that have like super pixel insulated you know images but those consoles can't run it so then they degrade the image some so like a lot of times they can go Mm -hmm. back and it it maybe not considered today like a modern pixel density would be like it's not the same but they can go back and find those original images and and they're way better than what they'd be on the NES or, you know, the eight bits and 16 bit systems. So they can, they can do quite a bit there. Yeah. 
I just, it just, it's sometimes it's like what I was talking about with Chrono Trigger. It's like my kind of thing with the, the remakes is like Final Fantasy VII came out. That was just kind of after the time for me because Final Fantasy VI was my last Final Fantasy game that I played because I kind of, I didn't get a PlayStation because I was just like, Nintendo, that's it. You're stuck with it. Uh, Cause again, parents. Uh, so plus like the, then like I missed the N64 I uh, got a GameCube, got a Wii, got a Wii U, and then I haven't gotten a Switch yet because I'm poor, uh, unfortunately. But I've seen they just uh, released some of the Final Fantasy games to be to be remade on on other systems now, and they've tried to stay true to what it looked like on the S, uh, NES and Super NES. But some of it, like the the, the like the the font, looks harder to read sometimes, and and the sprites are all kind of different than what they used to be. So it's it's kind of a double-edged sword that you get to play it again on a system that you have now have, but you have to deal with these graphics that sometimes just look completely different from what you played it as. And kind of as a nod to go to trigger, Final Fantasy VI was the last one they made for the Super Nintendo, and that's the, they took that to the limit of the sprite, of the 16-bit sprite, where they gave them all these different movements. And it was the same team that did Chrono Trigger because the font... And the menu screens are exactly the same. It's just again the turn base is different because again, uh, Final Fantasy VI is just turn based where you just you wait for your your meter to go up, and you go to a different screen for battle. But with Chrono Trigger, you're on the screen and you could actually avoid the enemies, but on, you would actually fought them on the screen and you had the status bars on the side, which is the main difference between those two games. I thought because the sprites are pretty pretty close to being identical. So. And I still think that like a lot of the remakes and reboots are just to get our money grabs. A lot of them, it's just a, hey, let's throw it onto this new system, and hey, you have to buy the game again for sixty, seventy bucks. <laughs> and, I don't have it uh, once. No, no, buy it again. Yeah, we got your money before. Now we want more of it. So here's this remake. Uh, but again, the, the the reviews for Final Fantasy VII the remake were overly positive, and people love that game. But I think a lot of it's nostalgia that that you're so you played it as a kid or young young adult and you love it so much that you're willing to overlook some of the flaws that they put not intentionally put in but just the changes they made to the remake yeah i was never i know um i kind of skipped all the final fantasy after like some of the super nintendo uh games i I went to like nintendo 64 and i didn't have a playstation so i kind of skipped all that so i didn't have that nostalgia um i know friends that picked it up and uh i didn't it didn't hit for them the same way as uh, they felt it did back in back in the day. Right. So I think that was good. You go either way, you know. Yeah, it's true. All right, I guess it's my turn to uh, chime in here for my reboot or my remake. If you enjoyed our Final Fantasy uh, RPG talk, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. It's 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 a hard question actually. Like, you know, do you want to tamper with your memories from like this nostalgia, this thing that you grew up with and loved? to maybe be more enjoyable or not you know one good example is like toe jim and earl right like it's a classic sega genesis game that's just so much fun and then the reboot on oh god i don't even know what system it was one of the i actually don't even know what the reboot was on it was a trash heap it was like 3d and it was just like it didn't capture the fun of megatron you know megatron mega megatron it's a mega something or other Funk Planet. I never played it. I, I didn't. Funkatron. I, I think it's I Nintendo. Yeah, I, was, I didn't have a Sega Genesis. I was I was allowed to pick one system, and that was it. I know of what you're speaking of. I just can't remember the name. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's Funkatron. We're going to say it's Funkatron in the interwebs, internet peoples. Okay. If I really fucked it up, then please let me know. Or we're just going to keep calling it Funkatron. Like Megatron was in that game? <laughs> you know that? <laughs> well, then, okay, well, then go into your robot movies, right? The, the Transformers, arguably the first one is pretty okay. Yeah-ish. But, you yeah. know, then they just downhill money grabbing all the way. Yeah. There's more coming out too. I think they're doing the uh, Dinobots next, or the, the whatever those were called. I forget. Oh God. Yeah, yeah, Dinobots. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think oh it's God, like Beast Wars or something. Something like that. Yeah. I actually, I don't know. I was going to say Ultima Online because I grew up. It's the first multiple uh, MMORPG, mass multiplayer online RPG I've ever played. It's a lot of fun. It, it's defined my understanding of like D and D is basically this is D and D online at the time. I don't know. I don't know if I would want to see it again or not. I mean, they talked about making a second and third and, you know, Rich, Lord Richard Garrett has been hammering it for, you know, three solid decades now. I don't think it's ever going to happen. I don't know if I really want it to happen. I, I might be okay with just, you know, remembering the goodness of the time. So I'm going to say no, no remake reboot. That, that's my vote there. All right, guys. I think that's going to do it for the silent B. Thanks for listening to our show. Thanks for our two guest hosts for being uh, on it. We really appreciate that. Yes. So I think that's going to do it uh, again. Hit the social medias like hearing from you and that's the show. Bye everybody.